This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, the sous chef of the garden, Franklin Proctor. <laughs> Sounds like you just woke Good up. Morning. Well, I'm, I'm looking uh, through the glass into the main control room there at James Patrick Dooley, and I'm wondering if my good friend in there and the producer of this show will run and get my little bell out of my <laughs> chest. I think we should just tie that around your neck. Well, I... Oh, I'd be like... I like a cow. Like, I mean... Like, yeah, thank you very much. I just think that you need... You keep forgetting it. We've got to, like, hang, maybe wear it as an earring or something. I'm yeah. not sure. Well... Anyway. That will be discussed then at, at further length. Good morning, um, Franklin yes. Proctor. Good morning, Charlie Dobbin. Hey, uh, I, I, I'm in trouble already, folks, with Charlie, because I, I came in and I was complaining a little bit about the weather. I said, gee, it's not as warm as... She's, oh, for God's sake. She's, it's, it's perfect. It, yeah, it's perfect for gardening. You don't want to be out there sweating away. Ready, set... Go. It's the weekend. Yes, this it's is the one. the isn't it? weekend. Exactly. Yeah. This is the long weekend. This is the date where we say, okay, Southern Ontario is now frost free. So go crazy. Start gardening. Start your oh, engines and start okay. your planting. And you, I understand, went a little too crazy pruning and you wound up with really sore hands. I mean, because you overdid Hand, it. yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, the hand, my pruning hand. I did. And we are going to have a guest join us later, Tony Grande, a physical or athletic therapist. Uh, and he's going to give us some tips and tricks on how to not get hurt as we leap into our gardens this Alrighty. weekend. Alrighty. Uh, like I did this past week. And that. <laughs> Accompanied with all the callers. Okay, uh, I apparently can't find my little bell. You've <laughs> hidden it on. No, I've hidden it. And my main job, though, is to yes. get those phone numbers out there so folks and, can give you a call. And I have okay, some announcements too. Call in for, uh, oh, yes, we're coming up with announcements 416 360 That's for Toronto area listeners. Then anywhere else in the province, 1 866 740 And the mantra is, Call early, call often, one question per call. That's right. You can always call back again, but just... Yeah, one question. Yeah. You got it. Because everybody, you know, people don't want to wait on hold forever. So a couple of things. I've mentioned them already. Burlington Horticultural Society plant sale today, 8 o'clock till noon, in the parking lot between the Central Library and the Curling Club. That's 2285 New Street. Uh, As well, the Lakefield Hort Society is holding its annual plant sale from 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 this morning at the Cenotaph Park in Lakefield. This Monday, May 20th, I'll be at the Milton Horticultural Society. I'm speaking, my subject is Beauty and the Eats. 
what Beauty and the Eats means. It's the um, it's all about mixed plantings to uh, maximize yields and companion planting and minimize pest damage, etc. That's et a cute title. I like that. I thought you would like that. Uh, so Beauty and the Eats, 7.30 p.m. this Monday evening at the Milton Bible Church, which is 200 Main Street East in Milton. Next weekend, I'll be attending the Workworth Lilac Festival. Have you ever been to Workworth? Yeah, you know, I'm sure I've passed it's through just it. No, uh, it's just north of uh, Port Hope. Area. Oh, yes, okay. It's such a pretty town. Now, you've done this before, have you not? Well, I, what it is, I judged Communities in Bloom. That's right. And it's called Trent Hills. And, mm. and Trent Hills is the amalgamation of Campbellford, Hastings, and Workworth under the banner Trent Hills. So I've been there a number of times. I have good friends in Campbellford. So I've been invited to come and speak at the Workworth Lilac Festival next weekend, which I'm very much looking forward to because, like I say, it's such a pretty place. Uh, great people and lovely place. Now, I will be speaking next Saturday, 2.30 in the afternoon. Uh, the location is 39 Main Street in Workworth. If you'd like more information on the festival, very simple, www.workworthlilacfestival.ca. So just one big word, Workworth Lilac Festival. Uh, okay, and then the rest of these are for June, so we're going to hold off on those. All righty. And I think we'll go to our break, and we'll figure it out And we'll there. come back and uh, talk to the listeners and have Absolutely. them chat at you. And I have some, yeah. a great, um, great update about my cat is actually being useful in the garden. Oh, this is too funny. Yeah, got, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a good bit. So come back for more in just a mo here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, the sous chef of the garden, complete with Bell. So those <laughs> first-time callers, uh, let me know and, and I'll and ring in. Not even huffing and puffing no, after that big no. run. So that's good. Indeed. And boy, we've got a lot of calls on the air. We'll get to the cat subject a little of bit course, later. Of course. No rush. It's, it's too, too, too funny. Yeah. Joan in Brampton waiting to talk to you. To, uh, all set to have a chat with the Duchess of the Garden. <laughs> Duchess of Dirt. Duchess of Dirt. That's right. <laughs> Hello, Joan. Hi. Good morning. Morning. Um, my question is, uh, I have uh, two large perennial beds at the bottom of my yard, but we back onto a wooded area, and this weed has just spread. It's just taken over. I've tried cutting the tops off. I've tried digging it up. I think it's called goat weed. So is there any solution to that, or could you suggest that I try putting in just three or four aggressive perennials and let them take over the garden? Well, quick question. You're convinced that this... Invasive plant has come from the ravine or the wooded area yes, behind you? It's just full of it. It's only been in the last four to five years. Okay, and tell me, if you went out and looked at it right now, would the color be bright green or would the color be more of a yellow green? No, it's green. Like green, green. Three leaves. Oh, yeah, three leaves on the tip. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, but see, because <clears throat> we've got two plants, two potential plants, but honestly, your treatment is virtually the same on both of them. There is a plant that's become a huge problem in the GTA in the last three to four to five years, mm-hmm. commonly referred to as garlic mustard. However, you're absolutely right, goatweed is also a very invasive plant. It is not a plant that just... 
has um, sort of come from the woods. It's come from somewhere where somebody's planted it. Now, it could be that it's traveled across from different backyards and is now moved to your place. Usually when people plant goat weed, uh, it's a variegated form, so a green and white leaf. But you're absolutely right. It can be completely green. And it's funny you're asking this question right off the top because I did receive a letter last week from somebody named Mrs. Irene Jared from Park Home Avenue in North York with a photograph of exactly that, goat weed, completely taking over her garden. It gets that lacy bloom on the top. Yep, that's like, it. That's, mm-hmm. that's goat weed. Yep. Okay, so here's how you're going to deal with it. And no, your idea of uh, some kind of real vigorous perennial taking over from this plant, not going to happen. No. This plant will dominate. It is. It, yeah, it already is. So... Um, it's a, it's a very hard plant to get rid of. Mm-hmm. If you try digging it up, you will find that leaving even little bits behind, more plants will grow That's from those right. little mm-hmm. bits. So you don't want to do that. Uh, so the digging up is, is virtually a waste of time and a lot of work. Um, smothering it, uh, which is, can often work to eliminate plant problems with black plastic and, you know, sheets of plywood and inches of mulch and, you know, layers of newspaper, all that sort of thing. It sometimes doesn't work very well because this plant is so vigorous, it just pushes right up through, through the plastic, through the mulch, through the newspaper, through the concrete slabs. Anything you put down, this plant just keeps on growing. So my search on the best way to deal with eliminating this came up with the following. What you do is, remember, Roundup is available on the shelves in Ontario for the control of invasive um, toxic plants like poison ivy, for example. It can, should and can also be used on plants like goatweed if used properly. So Roundup works by, uh, number one, always the youngest, newest growth is the most susceptible to dying when it's touched by Roundup. Roundup only kills the green, like it, it kills through absorption through the green leaves of plants. So you can spray the trunk of a tree with Roundup and it's not going to affect the tree at all because, of course, the leaves are up above the trunk. But you spray anything green with Roundup, that Roundup is absorbed through the leaves, translocates through the plant and kills from the root up. So my suggestion is you get out your whippersnipper, you whippersnip all that goat weed down to the ground. It's going to start to grow back very quickly in this time of year because it's very full of energy and vigor. But a week from the after you've done that whippersnippering, that week later you've got all that fresh new brand new growth on the goat weed. excuse me, you're out there, you've got your Roundup mixed up, you buy the concentrate, you mix it with the water, you spray thoroughly all the green growth. You wait about two weeks. It will take about two weeks for those plants to die back. Keep an eye out for any little uh, something that sprouts out that didn't get hit with that spray and be ready to spray again if necessary. uh, 10 days to two weeks after the initial spray. If you've got um, chosen plants in amongst the horrible invasive plant, use a bucket or a plastic bag and cover the plant that you don't want to have touched by the Roundup. And like I say, very clearly spray out all that uh, goat weed, also known as agapodium. And then, like I said, 10 days later, uh, you're going to have to go in there and you're going to very you're going to spot spray anything that you missed that first time around. And it's going to be a bit of a process. It's not going to be an overnight sensation. It sounds like it. But otherwise, say bye-bye to your garden. It's all, it's all goat weed if you don't control it. Okay. 
Yeah. Right. Oh, sounds horrible. I know. It's a bit of work. So good luck with that. And you're you're not the only one, if that makes you feel any better. Okay. Uh, Helen Jared has got the exact, sorry, Irene Jared has got the exact same problem in North York. Oh, it's terrible. I think it's come in with wood chips. Is that a possibility? It could. I have it at my cottage as well as at home. And in both places, people had brought in wood chips. Oh. And then kind of dump them into the wooded areas. Hmm. Yeah, it could. I mean, remember, it's it's often from seed that these things yeah, do seed. do sprout. And of course, this they, as you point out, have those lacy flowers, yeah. and those lacy flowers turn into thousands of seeds. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you very much. Oh, Good you're luck very with it, Joan. Welcome. Right. Okay, thank you for calling the Garden Show here at AM 740, Zoomer Radio. And for those of you who are new to the station and you don't have that numbers tacked up on the fridge, yeah, here it is one <laughs> more time. in okay? the memory in your phone. That's right. Uh, and you'll be, the first voice you will hear will be that of James Patrick Dooley. Okay, the phone number for Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, uh, toll-free, 866 Four seven forty, and a little bit. Well, gee, about seven eight minutes from now, we'll be welcoming a guest to the line, Tony, and uh, it's going to be about you know keeping you supple and that sort of thing. But well, or getting ready, getting getting ready, and to get avoiding there. injuries yeah. with our active lives. But even to be, you active, know where I'm headed. Of course. <laughs> oh, I saw your speedo. It just gave it away. <laughs> um, even uh, even uh, you know avoiding injuries. You got to be active. You want to be as pain free as possible. Of course. Uh, yeah. Of course, the pain can come with injuries, which is what Tony's going to talk about. But we're talking about being pain free just to start. This is where Sierra Sill has helped. I think both of us. We find that we're able to maintain the active lives that we want, whether it's gardening or kickboxing, like you do. Uh, and Sierra Sill is a completely natural mineral supplement taken daily. Does seem to make those joints work a little better and feel a little, little better. Uh, lots of information on their website, Sierra Sill. Dot ca or give them a call one eight seven seven joint fourteen or pick up Cirasil at many health food stores, uh, for example Heart Lake IDA Drugs on Sandalwood Parkway East in Brampton. S i e r r a s i l. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden, all ready to welcome you. You were June. dancing yeah. to that music. I was. I like it. It's just yeah, I know. doing it's just... a little uh, swinging in the studio. That's right. right. Spring. June, <laughs> June in Bolton is waiting to talk to you. Mm-hmm. She's been perennially waiting on the line there. <laughs> Hello Good there, morning, June. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. How can we help you? Um, I have a question uh, about my uh, perennial flocks that I've had for some years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always have problems with uh, mildew, with mildew yeah. on them. And uh, I'm getting to the point where I can't do so much work mm-hmm. in spraying. And oh, yeah, so you I'm don't want to do that. I'm wondering if you could suggest uh, an, another perennial about the same height mm. that would be uh, more suitable and, and uh, take less maintenance. Uh, well, couple th- one quick question. How much sun is your flocks currently getting on a daily basis? Well, it uh, gets sun uh, most of the day. Really? It gets quite a bit of sun most okay, good. of the day. All right. That's good to know. So you know what my answer is? 
perennial phlox or garden phlox, lovely plant, typically, you know, a foot and a half, sometimes as much as two feet tall, bright flowers, whites, pinks, purples, um, very dependable, easy to grow. But you're absolutely right. The older varieties tend to get powdery mildew when the weather gets extremely humid. So by mid-July, late July, often the plant looks pretty horrible. However, if it's a fairly sunny location, I wouldn't hesitate to put flocks back into that spot, but I would put one of the newer varieties, which are completely um, resistant to the mildew that you're currently experiencing. Oh, great. Uh, What color is your flocks that you're working with right now? Well, it's um, (coughs) sort of a combination of pink and white. Okay. So the, there are some great, uh, for the white, for example, there's one out there called David. David is a pure white phlox, which does not get mildew. Okay. For the pinks, there's a number of choices based on the different shades of pink. So what I would do, you're calling from Bolton. Trying to think, there are some garden centers in your area. You just need to go uh, to a garden center where they have a good selection of perennials. Uh, and, and that's all I would do. I would just get rid of the old and put in a new, better, newer variety, and you'll get the same good looks without the disease. Oh, that's great. Okay. I have, I have Humber Nurseries is close to me. Oh, perfect. That's exactly who. they have a good selection. That's exactly who you should go to. They have an excellent selection. They are huge. Take your lunch. <laughs> when I go to Humber Nurseries, I take my lunch because it is an all-day trip. It's so much fun to go there. It's just a huge place. Yes, I've been there before. Yeah. It's just a delight just to walk around oh, and yeah. see all the varieties. And they have some yeah. great staff, too, that can help you. So if you're you know, not sure about which flocks to choose, get one of the staff to help you. Okay. Oh, great. Thanks, June. Well, thank you very much. Right. Have a great Victoria Day weekend, too. Yeah. Thank you, and I always uh, listen to your program. Thank you. Well, bless your heart, you've got very good taste. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Uh, we have time let's for go, one. Yeah, quickly, yes. let's talk to quickly, Catherine. Quickly, we'll whip off to Waterloo <clears throat> and say hi to Catherine, who I understand is a first-time <laughs> caller. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. <laughs> there you go. Okay, got your wings. You. Okay. Go okay. ahead. Charlie's waiting for your question. Uh, how do I go about having my soil tested? Well, what, you, what I would do if I felt that I wanted, and it's a great idea actually, to test your soil because there's no better way to be applying or adding the right fertilizer in the right quantities or the right amendments to your soil other than by having it tested in an accredited lab. Oh, yeah. So what you should do, you're perfectly located there in Waterloo. Uh, the University of Guelph has two different labs, and they're both uh, accredited under OMAFRA, so the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture and Food and Rural Affairs, which is that monster big ministry. Uh, they have two different soil testing labs at the University of Guelph. And uh, what I've done when I've used their services is I go to the website. And so the website you go to is, as I mentioned, OMAFRA. Oh, okay. Uh, spell that out for me. So you've got a pen? Yes. O-M as in mother. A-F as in Frank. R as in rural. And A as in apple. So OMAFRA. Okay. Dot. Dot. Uh, dot gov. So G-O-V. Dot on, O-N, dot C-A, 
Okay, so that's got you at the homepage of the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture and Food. What you want to do is you want to get to their soil testing. So you can search at the top, or you can do what I did very quickly to get to this, was I just Googled OMAFRA, just those, that, those letters, soil testing, and it took me directly to the page with the list of accredited labs. You basically send them a quick email or phone them up. They'll mail you a package, and that package will contain all the instructions on how to take the sample, the box, the bag in the box that you're going to send the sample in, and the form that you're going to fill out for different kinds of testing because they can test for different things based on what you want to grow. Right. If, yeah. you want, if you're growing a lawn, they're testing for different things than if you're growing blueberries, for example. Okay. Okay. And do, do you have their f- a phone number? Well, there's a couple of different labs here, so you'll just have to decide which one's your oh. better one. Like I said, you're you're well placed. Uh, well, quickly if you do have your pen handy at the university telephone five one nine seven six seven six two nine nine Okay. Okay. And just uh, uh, how do I get uh, go about getting rid of grubs? Oh, that's question number two. Whoops. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Not you can allowed. call call back. <laughs> yeah. You, oh my goodness! Nice you try, crossed though. the line. Okay. <laughs> that's well, good. Maybe though, another call. Yes, please. Okay. Be happy to talk All to right. you. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> okay, Catherine. Our pleasure. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. And here we are at nine, uh, almost nine thirty on the old Schnozola. Perfect. And ready to welcome a, a our guest. guest. Yes. Okay, so we are being joined now by Tony Grande. He is an athletic therapist from the Athletic Therapy Clinic in Thornhill. Okay, he's going to help us talk about getting ready to avoid injuries as we are weekend warriors leaping into our gardens to try and do, you know, 12 hours of pruning in one day like I did last week and live to regret it. So good morning, Tony. Good morning. How are you, Charlie? I'm well. This is Frank. Hi, Tony. Hi, Frank. How are you? I am well. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on the show. Oh, no problem. No problem. Now, you yelled at me and said, Charlie, you can't get ready for gardening the day you go gardening. You have to start getting ready to for gardening three weeks out. Well, I mean, you know, you, you, you generally need, a, you know, a, a kind of a kind of a break in period. And it's kind of, it's almost like spring training for, mm-hmm. you know, the gardeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like but, training for a marathon, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Training for gardening. You're just training for gardening. And, um, you know, so I mean, your your typical, you know, you, would, you know, with your pruning that you had to do and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's you know, that's uh, that's a typical example of what can happen. Uh, you know, so your hand, you know, so that little muscle there in your hand, uh, you know, you woke it up and uh, it wasn't very happy, and now it just <laughs> needs to, and now it needs to rest a little bit. But uh, but I still have pruning was, to do. Sorry. Sorry? I still have pruning to do. Yeah, well, you have pruning to do, but you got to, but you yeah. got to break it up a little yeah. bit if you, if you're if you weren't prepared for it, you know. But that's a perfect perfect example of what can happen. Yeah, so overdoing like a repetitive motion when we're Over- not trained for it. Yeah, and you know, I mean, gardening is. Uh, I mean, it's tough to you know, it really is tough to prepare for gardening because gardening involves. Well, just about everything, right? and the, you know the bending, the uh, you know the repetitive stuff, the the you know the forceful stuff, the, the time duration yeah. stuff. So, I mean, it. So for you to you know, you really have to you, know, you really should prepare in all different forms and mm-hmm. to um, 
help you through that gardening so period. So stretching you know, so, and yeah. strengthening. Well, flex, well, stretching and strengthening, you know, uh, stretching, uh, stretching enables the body to move. Okay, so we mm-hmm. don't want to limit our, you know, we don't want to limit our, um, our motion. So we want to increase our, you know, we want to increase our flexibility. Mm-hmm. And its partner is to strengthen mm-hmm. that same muscle group that we're stretching. Right. What are some of the moves that, if you were advising me, Tony, to, mm-hmm. you know, start getting in shape and, and then get ready to do the gardening in a couple of weeks' time to work up to that, uh, what, what should I first do? I mean, there are, are there particular uh, exercises that you can describe? Yeah, well, I would, uh, I mean, your typical, you know, your typical, uh, you know, uh, back stretching, like your single leg mm-hmm. to chest, or maybe your double leg to chest as well. Uh, you know, there's pretzel stretching. Uh, pretzel like stretching? What's that? <laughs> Sounds edible. <laughs> yeah, I'd like a beer, please. And the, uh, yeah. <laughs> what? You turn yeah. yourself into a pretzel when you stretch? No. Well, you're, you know, you're. If you can imagine, uh, you know, if you can imagine sitting on, oh, you know, sitting on your mat, one leg, you know, one leg outstretched, the other leg, yeah, uh, the other knee is bent over towards oh, the yeah. opposite yeah. shoulder. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, you, and you're just, you know, and you're holding, you know, and you're holding that position. So anytime you're stretching, there's a time requirement. Don't stretch for five seconds or ten seconds because you're basically uh, not really stretching anything. Okay, uh, thirty so seconds. Need, yeah, 30, well, thirty seconds would be you know thirty seconds is quite enough. Okay. Okay, so sure. you know, so you do a series of stretches three times. You know, thirty seconds. That's that. Um, that is a good protocol. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you do. So you're going to be. So you do your. So you do your body. Um, so you do upper body, lower body, because as we mentioned before, gardening is going to involve upper and lower body. So mm-hmm. we need to prepare upper lower body, and then and then afterwards we do our. And afterwards, we do our strengthening. Right. Uh, you know, we do our strengthening exercises after we've done our stretching exercises. And does the strengthening require a whole set of weights or something? Or no, no, no. No, you can, no, you can get away with, uh, you know, just tubing exercises, great tubing exercises, you know, for your upper, you know, for the mid-back, for your, you know, for even your lower back, um, hip extensors, you know, strengthening, you know, strengthening the, uh, strengthening your legs, strengthening your uh, lower back muscles. What's a tube? What are tube, uh, sorry, you mentioned tube um, exercises? Yeah, tubing yeah, just just tubing exercises that will. Um, but what's a tube? Uh, it's kind of an elastic band. Oh, okay. right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. It's kind of an elastic band. <clears throat> That's with different, right. Resistance. You know, makes... Yeah, you tie it to the um, stairway or something, and then you do various resistance. Uh, yeah, you do various exercise. resistant exercises, and they come in different colors that'll give us uh, different resistance. Mm. Is is there any uh, website, Tony, that uh, one could go to to have some of these exercises? I know it's terribly difficult to describe them. Mm -hmm. So if there's a... (laughs) Well, I think, uh, Charlie, I think we talked about, uh, you know, I can put together, because it was was a little short notice as to, um, you know, coming on the program today. But but, but what I would like to do... Mm -hmm for your listeners is uh you know just just put together a series of exercises and some kind of uh you know some kind of orderly form and they can go to your website and and uh you know and look at them that way okay perfect idea that sounds like a great idea so you'll send me that and we'll put it up on the am 740 website 
Yeah, that's no problem. Perfect idea. Of course, yeah, no it, it'll be more for fall, strengthening <laughs> and, and getting ready for fall. But you told me something interesting that you said uh, when you were doing some uh, research into the benefits of gardening and the exercise gain, that you can be burning as much as five and 600 calories in a what, about an hour or something in the garden. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's you know, there's, uh, there's a ton of research out there that, I mean, you know, you, you can, uh, you can train, uh, you know, gardening three, you know, three, four times a week and have the same benefits as, you know, as your typical, you know, as your typical, uh, weekend warrior going to, you know, going to the gym mm-hmm. and, you know, there's less pounding on the body and, mm-hmm. um, Fresh you know, and you're, out, you know, you're yeah. outside and, you know, and you're just, you know, uh, it's just really a superior form of, and one of the one of the superior forms of exercise of uh, yeah. exercises and uh, you know benefits of uh, benefits of health. And you're and Tony, you're a bit of a hobby gardener yourself. You have quite a large vegetable garden up Bradford Way. Am I right? Uh, yes, yes, and, I do. And you know, and I, you know, I, uh, I have to practice what I, you know, what I talk about. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise. People begin to doubt. <laughs> well, you'd be curled up in a corner on the couch just like I was. <laughs> well, that you know, don't laugh. I mean, you know, I mean, I under, as a matter of fact, I underestimated the, you know, I mean, I, I you know, I took it up, I took it up a few seasons ago, mm-hmm. and but now I'm beginning to know what it takes and what it requires yeah. to, well, first of all, to, to be able to garden, because the last thing you, you want to do is look forward to gardening, and then mm-hmm. the first one or two times that you go out gardening, you can't do anything for six weeks, and <laughs> there, goes your, there goes your gardening season, where you've been looking forward to all year, right? That's right. No, you're absolutely right. Now, I hope I've got so, this. Are you, are you yourself, Tony, uh, uh, um, in the business yes. of, uh, yeah, uh, making people more supple and, and better prepared. Well, and, and uh, helping people when they get injured, yeah. particularly so, athletes. Yeah. All I'm saying is, is there a way for folks to contact you and uh, maybe hire you to help them uh, get better? Yeah. You know? Well, it, it, Tony runs something called the, the Athletic Therapy Clinic. Well, there you go. In, it's in Thornhill. Well, he's great. He's very good. He's helped me with a few things, including my sore hand after I pruned for too many hours. (laughs) How's it feeling, by the way? It's a lot better, but I'm remembering to stretch, like you told me. (laughs) Okay, good. Good. Thank you so much, Tony. This has been wonderful. And you know what? We will definitely take you up on the idea of putting together some exercises that we can put on the web and give uh... people a bit of a routine. Yeah, I'll get I'll get a I'll get a nice program ready for you, and I'm sure it'll. And well, I hope it'll help your listeners anyway. Oh, I, sure I knew she'd do this to you. She'd make you work. I know. I know. I <laughs> she do does. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. It's a good man. Well, you uh, be careful in your garden this weekend because I know you've got some planting planned. Yeah, I got some. I got some work ahead of me, but I'm uh, but I'm prepared. Excellent. Good deal. Good yeah. stuff. <laughs> All right. Thanks All for right. joining uh, us on the show here. Pre- really appreciate it. Yeah. Tony. Thanks, Tony. Uh, we'll talk to no you problem. soon. And it's my pleasure, and uh, uh, Charlie will uh, see you soon, all right? <laughs> I hope not. I hope you'll <laughs> oh, send me that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. That's, that's right. Sorry. I know. I, I love Tony, but every time I see him, it's because I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Tony. Okay. Take it easy. Okay. Send me those exercises anytime. I'm going to do that. All right. Okay. Have, have a, a great weekend. Thanks, Have a great Thanks, weekend. Frank. Thank you.
And, uh, yeah, here we are on the uh, garden show with some excellent uh, tips there. And that'll be neat to have those exercises actually on the uh, well, one, site. One thing that I neglected to sort of mention and, uh, when we were speaking with Tony was the idea of using the right tool. Like, remember that mm-hmm. you can avoid injuries by ha- using the right tool. For example, all that pruning I did, I, I said to Tony uh, later, I said, you know, I've got great pruners. But if I had sharpened them oh. prior to using them for eight hours, it would have been less uh, hard on my hand. Yeah. If I had oiled them prior to using them that for eight hours, it would have lowered some mm. of that friction down. So you know what I mean? Using the right tool, getting your body ready, getting your tools ready. You know what? We've got uh, all sorts of callers yes, lined up here who have been so patient and waiting. Yes. Uh, what do you say we take a quick little break here? Then we're going to come back and get on to the uh, <clears throat> portion of the show that the listeners are looking forward to. Talking to you, Charlie. Right. Okay. Meantime, she's already doing exercise. I, I know what's coming. I'm now. getting ready because I'm you know what? I'm getting ready to sing the Sierra Sill song. <clears throat> I took Sierra Sill today because I know I've got a very active day ahead of me. It is actually um, for boomers wanting the freedom to maintain their favorite activities with reduced aches and stiffness. Excuse me, which is what both Frank and I have found by taking Sierra Sill on a daily basis. We are able to maintain activities and not whine throughout. So, more information. I whine just for the effect. <laughs> <laughs> more information. One eight seven seven joint fourteen, or go to the website sierrasill.ca, or go to your local health food store like the Peanut Mill in St. Catharines. S i e r r a s i l. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden welcoming Jane from Woodstock to the line, who is, I understand, a first-time caller. Is that right, Jane? Yes, it is. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. I have a problem. Mm-hmm. We went to put compost from our composter on our garden, and it was just full of ants. Hmm. So then ants sounds like they built a nest in your composter. Well, there was two different kinds. There was a goldish-colored ant, mm-hmm. and there were black ones. Hmm. And we don't know. We've done it for years, uh-huh. but this is the first year with ants. Well, okay, so what strikes me is that... Uh, Ants like a nice dry spot to build their their nests, right? They love sandy soil. They kind of, you know, burrow and make those uh, little tunnels underground, lay their eggs, have a whole thing going on. If you had that kind of quantity of ants, like when you were looking at the compost or taking it out, did you see little larvae and little eggs, like the whole gamut? Well, there's gob's eggs. Right. So that, to me, says your composter is too dry. Compost, oh, really? compost should be the, the um, moisture level of a wrung-out sponge or, you know what I'm saying, like damp. Not soggy, but damp. And if it is, you, no ant in the right mind is going to make a, make a nest in your compost. Oh, okay. I okay. guess we didn't water it enough this year. Yeah, and the other thing is, is remember ants don't eat plants. Ants are actually one of the best little scavengers out there. They clean up the debris and the dead uh, animals that are out there, you know, microscopic little animals. They're actually very great in that sense. They clean everything up. Benign. One well, benign in terms of the plants. Mm-hmm. I mean, they bought, we don't like them because they, you know, they tickle us when they walk on us or um, there are the, there's the odd ant that will bite. And, um, and we don't well, really... Black ones bite. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, different ones will, you know, 
Fire ants? Fire ants. Yeah. No, that wouldn't have been fire ants in, in that, that area, I don't believe, in Woodstock. But um, nevertheless, yeah, if they're biting ants, then we really don't like them. But boiling water will certainly scatter them pretty quick. Yeah, so, well, we put four boiling water on, and then, see, our composter was full. Yeah, yeah. And and it didn't even, it didn't even, you know, get down into no, it. No, well, that's right. So what I would do is I would start taking out the compost. If you have a wheelbarrow, like shovel your compost into the wheelbarrow. Of yeah. course, ants are going to be part of what you're shoveling. Once you've got a good load in the wheelbarrow, then pour your boiling water onto that compost that's in the barrel and let it sit for five or ten minutes before you then go out into the garden or a couple couple of kettlefuls, whatever makes sense, and then just keep repeating the whole thing until the composter's empty. That's what I would do. You're going to really break it up that way and and scatter them. So you just figure it's because it wasn't damp enough. Yeah. Um, Well, ants will take advantage of of any nice sheltered spot to make a nest. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many horrible ant hills I've got on my my property that I continue to try and drive off my property over to my neighbors. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just, you know, what are you going to do? so popular You're in her just, neighborhood. You can't kill the ants. All you can do is make it uncomfortable for them and move them out. Oh, okay. We just moved them all out. We took them all to the city. Oh, there you go. Well, you can do that too. <laughs> Take them to the, the <laughs> landfill. We don't want them next year again because we use that every year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now but, I have to go out and buy it. Well, that's, and that's unfortunate. But so just remember, more moisture in the composter. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, Thanks for Jane. your call. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, and it is The Garden Show, broadcasting from Zoomerplex, the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village here in Toronto, saying hi to Philip from Grimsby. I'm given to understand, Philip, you're a first-time caller as well? That's right. Well, hey, there we go. You're officially on the air now. Good morning. Thank Thanks for much. calling. Good morning, all. <clears throat> We've got a problem with newly transplanted daffodil bulbs. Oh, yeah. Two days ago, uh, we transplanted a bunch of daffodil bulbs, woke up this morning to found, find them all dug up. Um, and neatly leaned over, no sign of them being eaten or... <laughs> you know why? Because they're toxic. <laughs> yeah, well, we know that. Yeah. Um, we've got... Uh, we live in Grimsby, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a residential area. Mm. We do have... Nighttime visitors, rabbits mm-hmm. and possums and skunks. Mm-hmm. But my question is, who or what is digging up the daffodil bulbs and what can we do to prevent this? Well, it, it could be any of those varmints, actually. And, of course, squirrels are famous for doing a lot of modification to our bulb displays as well. And I love that they're... Uh, stacking them so neatly after digging them up. That's nice because, I mean, I've watched squirrels dig up daffodils and go, oh, it's a daffodil. And then they throw it over the shoulder and go to the next one. So they just kind of throw everything over their shoulder and you end up with, you know, they're scattered all over the place. But squirrels are not nighttime visitors. No, typically not. So, no, you're right. It could be possums, could be skunks. Um, What I would do is two things. One is when you replant the daffodils, plant them deeper. So don't hesitate to go down six, seven, eight inches with those dafts. Yeah, these were four to six to start. Yeah, so go six to eight. That will help because right away it's further away for them to sniff them out. Yep. The other thing is make it difficult for them to dig them back up. Now, you can go to the extreme with chicken wire over the surface of the soil and then nobody can dig. Or you can just put some bark chips over top or if you've been doing some pruning in your roses or you've got access to some brambly material, lay that on the surface 
surface of the soil. Just make it tough for anybody to do any digging right back in that area where you've just planted. Because I find that the, the critters are, when you plant something, they're so curious. It's like, what's down there? What's down there? And, and they know <laughs> it's recently turned earth, and they yeah. just got to get at it. So uh, so uh, that would be my suggestion. Camouflage. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. throw them off the scent. Uh, <laughs> okay. Is cayenne pepper a deterrent? Yes, until it rains. Until it rains. But, but a lot of animal lovers are very opposed to cayenne pepper because it, the, the theory with the cayenne pepper, of course, is that the animals are sniffing. Yep. And when they're sniffing, they start sniffing the cayenne pepper and, of course, start sneezing like crazy. Meanwhile, their little feet are potentially getting cayenne pepper stuck to their feet. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And then there's that idea of them cleaning themselves and, of course, licking all this cayenne pepper off their feet. And, you know, just there's talk about you know, little, little eyes cruelty. getting burned. Yeah, yeah, just the whole thing is highly stressful on the animals. So I think the idea is to try and, and avoid the cayenne if you can and just use more mechanical uh, barriers like I, like I mentioned you know even if just for the the interim it's planting some annuals over top of where those daffodils have been planted so that again you, you, they're not it's well, not obvious the chicken wire so we'll try that yeah that works for that uh, definitely works <laughs> trust all me right. I've used it <laughs> all right appreciate your help and I appreciate your call thanks very much okay Philip in Grimsby thank you for joining us on the show here on AM 740 Zoomer radio. You know what else I've used sometimes? Um, uh, you go to the dollar store yeah. and you get a package of forks, plastic oh, forks. Oh, yeah. And then you take them home and you've got areas that you're trying to protect from digging, whether it's <clears throat> critters after the bulbs or perhaps neighborhood cats turning your garden into a litter box. You take those forks. Now, you can just break the handles off and then you excuse me with the the tines sticking up to the sky you stick the forks into the ground buried below the surface so you don't have to see the forks but there they are about you know every inch or so you got all these forks stuck down in the soil and any animal that wants to go digging stops pretty quick because it is not pretty to try and dig in amongst all those plastic forks you would make a great torturer (laughs) (laughs) I am (laughs) you certainly I enjoy it when it comes to bumping off animals my (laughs) No, I'm not bumping. I'm just discouraging. (laughs) Discouraging. Driving them to my neighbors, as we say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, oh, we better get to uh, Gary, who's on the line. And isn't this kind of neat? Gary is actually calling from Sutton, calling for his girlfriend, Lily of the Valley. (laughs) No, I think his girlfriend's name is not Lily of the Valley. He's calling about Lily of the Valley. (laughs) I thought his girlfriend was Lily of the Valley. Oh, my. You are such a gardener. Uh, Okay. Good morning, Gary. Hi, how are you doing? Okay, let's be clear. What's your girlfriend's name? Joanne. Yeah, Joanne. there you go. Her name is not Lily of the Valleys. <laughs> no, not quite. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Thank you. Frank is just this. That's why we keep him the sous chef, and that's his permanent title forever. He's going to be the sous chef. Thanks for calling, Gary. What's going on with the Lily of the Valley? Oh, apparently it's taken over her garden, mm. and it's starting to take over the lawn. Yeah. She says, how do I get rid of it? Yeah. So this is kind of similar to our very first caller who called about goutweed. Same thing, a perennial plant that's so happy at, and becomes invasive. So this, similar to the goutweed question, you try and dig up lily of the valley, you leave little bits behind, those little bits grow. 
two ways to get rid of Lily of the Valley as far as I'm concerned. One is to smother it. So you would lay literally in the areas where you want to kill the Lily of the Valley, you lay black plastic on the ground over top. Like first you'd use your whippersnapper and cut it down. Then mm-hmm. you would put black plastic over top. You'd put some rocks on top of the plastic or dark colored plastic. Rocks to seal that plastic right down firmly to the, to the earth and leave that for about four to six weeks. That should suffocate anything that's under that plastic, any plants. So that if it's lawn, of course, you'd be killing the lawn as well. Uh, yeah. But that's easily replaced, with, you know, again, with some grass seed. It is hard to get rid of. The other thing is, I suggest is some Roundup. But again, Roundup needs to be used early in the season when the plants are young and susceptible to uh, death by Roundup. Okay. Okay, so Roundup isn't... Is, uh, are we a little late to use Roundup? Well... Um, how tall are the Lily of the Valley right now? They're probably... I haven't got a clue. Okay. The, how tall well, are they? Uh, four inches. Four inches. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I'd, I'd almost be inclined to do the, the whippersnipper thing, like today. New little shoots are going to start to grow up from those Lily of the, Lily of the Valley within the next week to ten days. Yeah. You Then use your Roundup on those newer, fresher, younger leaves that are going to come up. Okay. And okay. keep in mind that Roundup is a non-selective herbicide. It doesn't know, know the difference between what you love and what you don't love. So be very careful when you spray that you're only spraying what you don't, what you want to kill. Kill it all. <laughs> you and Frank would get along real well. <laughs> I like this guy. Yeah, concrete gardens. Yeah, for sure. Artificial lawns everywhere. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. Gary, you made my day. I'll tell you. Okay, what are His we looking at? His girlfriend named Lily of the Valley. <laughs> you are That's such all. a wacko. I feel so stupid now. Oh, Look I at James tell. laughing at he, me. James, well, James knew, yeah. right? He knew Lily he knew. of the Valley. Sure, he did. Oh, rats. Um, Anne in, in Oshawa. Good morning and welcome to the show. Hello, Anne. Hi, Charlie. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. I love your story about the forks. Oh, yeah. Isn't that great? And, yeah, and good and idea. The dirt. I know you can't tell the future. But oh, yeah, I can. Can I put my begonias <laughs> and my sunny impatience mm-hmm. in the ground this weekend? I would. I would. Would you yep, really? I would. I don't think there's any more frost. I oh, think that, that would we be had great because I bought it yeah. and I and I want to get it in. Yeah, we had a cold weekend last weekend. There's no question, uh, and we were all putting things in our garage for a couple of days. But uh-huh. I th- I believe we are frost free now. I could be wrong, but I I believe we are frost free. The one thing we shouldn't be putting in the ground yet are some of our tender vegetables, and not because of the chance of frost, but because the soil is still too cold. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's why uh, things like peppers, tomatoes, eggplants, celery, none of those things are going in the ground yet. Yeah. However, you know, beans and peas and carrots and onions should be in the ground now because uh-huh. they're different plants like different soil temperatures. But your annual flowers, you should be good to go. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. I love your show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a great day, Anne. Thank you. Okay, so let me... Oh, what were you we going have to one, I, I, I think we have one more call, and then I want you to... I want to, to tell you about my, my cat, cat. Oh. my cat story. Yeah. So, Margaret in Cambridge, welcome along to uh, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Hello. Hi. Morning. Good morning. Yes, uh, I'm calling regarding uh, red Japanese maple. Mm-hmm. The bark is splitting mm-hmm. on the main trunk and then again on some branches. Mm-hmm. Some of the tree looks beautiful, mm-hmm. but two main branches are dead. Mm-hmm. And I want to cut it down. It's about 20 feet now. Yep. And I'd like to cut it down 10 feet. 
Is this, uh, would I be able to do that now? Uh, Yes, this is the time to do the pruning required. However, Mm -hmm. I would highly recommend that you get a professional to do it for you. Okay, well, uh, we did have a a professional last year, uh and he said that these uh, red maples, the Mm -hmm. bark tend to split. Mm -hmm. And he also said that there's no uh, remedy for it at this time. Right. But still, to cut out the deadwood, I agree. You don't, you can't fix the split bark, but what you can do is cut out the deadwood in such mm-hmm. a way as to um, hopefully help the plant regain some vigor and grow balanced and properly so that yeah. uh, it can still have a, many years of ornamental uh, addition to your property. Okay, but the problem is that it's not going, there's one branch going one way. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the, uh, the the tree is almost dead. So I was just wondering if it could be cut down. You like, can. Just- yeah, it can. I mean, obviously, the dead wood comes out first, and then yeah. it's a proper pruning of the live wood to try and maintain a balanced plant as much as you can. Fertilize, of course. Everything gets fertilized in the spring. So make yeah. sure you do that at the same time. I've already done that. Excellent. Good okay. stuff, Margaret. Good luck Thanks, with that. Thanks, Margaret, Thank and good you. luck. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. you. Quickly, I just okay, got to tell you, you the story. It. So my cat, who is my buddy in the garden and keeps me company, is very cute, and uh, not to mention all the neighborhood cats are his buddy, and they're all in my garden. Um, he's finally helping me. He's finally now, how, found a job. This is what I said. To, well, how can your cat help you in the garden? Well, I, of course, grow catnip, and that's one of the reasons I have so many friendly cats in my neighborhood or on my, my back garden. So the catnip last year went to flower, and then the flowers went to seed, and little seeds blew all over my yard. So little catnip seedlings are coming up all over the place. Well, my cat has discovered these little catnip seedlings. It is so funny. He goes along, and he's like sniffs every little green plant. He goes, he goes violet? No. You know, you know, whatever, no. And he goes, oh, catnip. And then he, bite, he grabs it and he pulls it out of the ground with his teeth. So he's actually weeding for me. Well, how, and, and it's the cutest thing. Higher than a kite and oh, having yeah. a good time. Having a good time. <laughs> and his, his little cousin moved in next door, like a yeah. miniature version of him. So the, the little miniature orange cat and the older orange cat. What's, both your, what's your cat's name? Carter. Carter. That's so Carter's right. now got his, a little buddy who's smaller than him because all the other cats are bigger than him. And uh, yeah, so they're both out there rolling around in the catnip. And pulling it out of the ground is very funny. Jimmy Carter. Yeah. <laughs> Group peanuts. Didn't, yes. yes. Anyway, yeah. Oh, well, you know what? Yeah. It's been a fun show and a really kind of a, a round-the-horn kind of show. Yeah, All sorts really? of different questions. I know coming up very shortly, Dave Redinger and Ellen Gelman are there. And there's a face in that studio I recognize. Mike Filey, oh, the yeah. noted historian. Uh, is with the guys. Oh, today. really? Yeah, that's so interesting. Be, he's got to be talking about old, old cars because he's a car affectionate. Ah, yeah. you just know everybody and everything. Oh, don't I, you? well, it's true. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, except yeah. that Lily the Valley is a plant and not a person. Oh <laughs> my goodness, how <laughs> embarrassing! Well, thank you very much, Frank. Charlie, as thank usual, you. for your undergardener skills. Thank you, James Patrick Dooley, for your wonderful producer skills and thanks to all our great callers uh you know wouldn't have a great show like this without all the back and forth and the input so always appreciate everybody giving a call and have a great weekend in the garden and if you want to get in touch with charlie via email yeah don't hurt yourself in the garden yeah and my email c.dobbin at mzmedia.com so c.dobbin at mzmedia.com or follow me on Twitter at Charlie Dobbin. Well, there you are. Absolutely. I'm Have like a great really week, cool with, with those tweets. Weekend. A lot of good tips going out on my tweets these Absol- days. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. I'm all over it. I'll have to. <laughs>
I'll have to tweet along. (laughs) No, you will. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you all next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.